0: And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global.com forward slash advantage. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 51. And on this episode of the Ask Sam and Tim show, we're talking about how to create a content marketing strategy to grow your business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Thursday, Ask Sam and Tim edition. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and as usual, I am supported here by the lovely Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim?
1: I'm doing great, Sam. How are you today?
0: I'm very well, very well.
1: You are well. looking fabulous.
0: Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you can stay around. I'm happy. Yeah, all
1: right. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I've been married for 20. I've been with my wife for 21 years now uh, and I've long since learned a little bit of flattery gets you an awfully long way.
0: I'm glad that you learned that. My husband learned it within months. So I'm surrounded by very smart guys.
1: <laughs> Just remember anniversaries and you know, the occasional flowers at Valentine's Day. Uh, and You're all set. All right, we've got an exciting episode today, don't we?
0: We do. Today we're talking about creating a content media strategy, which is a question. I don't know about you, Tim, but I get this all the time. Like It's, one, it's a huge question. Always, What is a content strategy and how do I create one?
1: Content marketing strategy. (laughs) We had a a question come in from from Kimberly from Waste Not Want Not that sort of inspired this episode as well, because obviously the more we put ourselves out there to attract the attention that we've been talking about over recent weeks, that occasionally you'll get haters, people who jump onto your posts and really provide not a lot of constructive value.
0: (laughs) That was a really great way to put it, not a lot of constructive value, love it.
1: That's very diplomatic. Uh, And you see it all the time, whether it's on your content or other people's content, when you put yourself out there, there will always be some naysayers and I'd love to get your take on how you deal with those.
0: Well, I think the first thing to mention is that when someone really hates on your posts, that's often saying a lot more about them than it is about you. And whilst it still can be hard to take those comments that hate that's coming across. But it is always good to remember first up, this isn't about me. Think second, depending on the level of hate. You know, I think that sometimes we can learn from things that are said to us. But if it's real, just straight out blatant, hatred post with someone that is not able to see the other side. I would normally give one comment that's a very closed comment, like a very shut it down comment, not in a rude way, just not opening an, engage, an engaging conversation. It would just be a comment. And if they respond, I never, ever respond for a second time. If it's really, really bad, I wouldn't even respond the first time. I wouldn't even give it energy. So I think that you do have to kind of see what the comment's about, how, how it's, you know, been taken and how you take it from your side. But Tim, what would you like to add to that?
1: I guess so, having moderated over a million comments in my former life uh, with the riotact.com, saw that heaps that it did not matter what it was. There's always going to be sort of differing opinions and the more polarizing you are, the more emotion that's involved. Um, yes. Things. You're going you're to see the, the difference, right, when you're making things yes. about what are you doing in your business. You've got to expect that some people see it differently. I've always had two thoughts on trolls. Uh, you know, firstly is don't ever engage with them because they'll drag you down. To their level of experience and, and, and beat you with it. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to also remember that if you take the moral high ground, it's not about the person commenting. The vast majority of, of people, as, as you and I have talked about lots of times, Sam, with that social influence pyramid, the vast majority of people are lurking and they see mm-hmm. how you interact yes. with those comments and form an opinion about you as a you know professional uh, in your field Yes, as a result of how you interact with those comments absolutely so offer you know offer empathy say yep I, I i disagree i've got a different my experience is this and if you put it in the, in the couch in the context of that is not my experience or my experience yes. is that i've found is this you can't it's not saying that uh, sort of not validating i guess some that someone else might have a different experience than you yes but so kind of putting in a kind of mature sort of context right we're having a mature conversation here i disagree my experience is this If you'd like to discuss that offline, happy to do so.
0: Totally. And I think the very, very last piece to that is always, always giving yourself time to cool down and breathe before you answer so that you are able to respond in that way. Because when you first see it and you're upset and you've got the hot head and you can't think straight, that's not the time to respond And I know that myself, that there's a couple of times we've had some real hatred towards the business and we've responded in a way, done our research behind what they've been talking about. And the two times that it's happened, both of those people deleted their comment because they knew that other people were going to be able to see through and see what the truth was. So it's always good to take a step back, cool down, get your head together and then respond in an empathetic way, showing empathy, but in a very logical, matter of fact manner.
1: Yep. Uh, And and look, Thank you. the cat to be honest, draft your response in another platform.
0: That is a great idea. <laughs> I really like that.
1: So uh, open up a, you know, a, a draft email in your Google or Outlook. Doc- write it there. Come back. Walk away, as you said. Come back to it. Read it. Doesn't make sense. Then cut and paste it into Facebook or LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, totally. So great.
1: Putting it straight into the comments.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> accidentally pressing send. <laughs> oh, yeah. If someone was going to do that, I'm going to put my hand up and say that would definitely be me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's move into today's topic, Tim.
1: Absolutely. content Greg. marketing, strategy. This is, um, this, I guess, is really one of those real pillars that once you actually know what it is you're doing and where you're going to, how do we get our message out there? And, and I know you've got a couple of thoughts on this, and I'll just sort of explore those ones today.
0: Totally. When, I think that... A lot of people know that they need to be on social media and they know that they should have some sort of content marketing strategy, but there's two things that are going wrong for them generally. One is they feel too busy and they can't get ahead. They're not taking the time to stop and what I would say sharpen the saw. They're not stopping taking the time to do this. They're just thinking, I'm so busy. I'll just throw something up on Facebook today. So there's no strategy around it. And the second one is people that just have no idea where to even start to create a content marketing strategy. So what we're going to talk about today will be able to help you if you're in either of those
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see when I'm looking at people's, you know, customer journey and their funnel and starting to do that initial audit to work out where the holes are that need to be, that need to be filled. This is probably one of the biggest areas I see that people don't get right. It's either loads of content that's not particularly focused or just not enough content thinking that they can completely overwhelm their their customer. And yes, Yes. I I get that's a a very legitimate sort of fear and concern that you don't want to be overwhelming customers. But largely it's because the stuff you've been putting out in the past, is not focused and it's just noise. You know, we're surrounded by so much noise now that it's very hard to sort of create something that that cuts through.
0: Totally. I just found this morning I wrote down this quote that I saw from Walt Disney saying, I'd rather entertain and hope that people learn something than educate and hope they were entertained. And I really, really liked that. And that's, you know, another part of what we're going to talk about today.
1: I'm strong with this one today. That's a really interesting quote. And I think it comes back to the fact that, you know, we've seen this massive shift in the way we as 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 people sort of start at consume information now. There's a lot more infotainment. Yes right, than information and entertainment. The line between the two is really blurred over the last probably 20 years and people find it very difficult to actually kind of build those two, do you think? Yes,
0: I think they do. I think that they, they, they understand it from a consumer perspective. Like I'm happy to sit, you know, in the ad break of a show or, gosh, if anyone watches TV these days or in between trying to choose what's on Netflix and, you know, scroll through where they like to be entertained. But the second they put their business owner's hat on, they... Sell. So understand from a consumer perspective, but not so much from the perspective of the business owner. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that totally, like you said, there is a fine line, so it's about how do we entertain people and still get them to understand what it is we do and what it is and how we can help them.
1: Yeah. One of the tools that I use, I think is really interesting is to create an analogy between the business relationship we want to create with our customers and our personal relationships, mm-hmm. right? And we wouldn't necessarily go from going out out to a bar seeing a pretty girl or handsome guy across the across the room and then going straight up and saying let's get married and i think our kids names should be you know rob joe diddy you know peter and allison and expect a positive response
0: especially with those names (laughs)
1: let's go with (laughs)
0: Seriously, okay. I'm failing on the jokes today. I'm going to get back in my box for a bit. (laughs) Totally.
1: We've got to create these sort of steps in between where we're inviting people to, you know, for a drink. We're asking their name. We're, you know, we're seeing if they want to come and dance with us a little bit first and then getting them dropped in. And we're not creating the journey in our content, either creating enough content or creating the journey with the content that moves someone systematically and intentionally to the next part of the discovery now if we think in our marketing context the person we're talking to has some form of pain which is becoming unbearable in their in their life in their business in their world whatever right? they've if it's not an unbearable pain, they're never going to move. Right? Because they've yeah, got that's problem. Right. And what we do is we provide a solution to that. We provide this utopia, which is their life without that pain, the, the thing that's keeping them up at night. And unless we use our content to build the journey along the way and show that transition, it's not doing anything for us. What's the thoughts there in terms of, I guess, sort of coming up with the strategy for that to start well, with?
0: There? I've come up with the three key areas that I think that we need to go through in order to really get this con- this content strategy to come together because we're trying to integrate lots of different platforms generally we're trying to integrate email facebook for most of us some of us linkedin some of us instagram some of us pinterest and all of us are doing different things but we need to make sure that our content all supports each other under one foundation which is our message and to make sure that we're spreading that in all of the different platforms in different ways that suits natively that platform but so that the message is heard in the same way which mm. in itself can be tricky at the beginning so i think the very very first thing that you need to do is set your outcomes know what's coming up ahead in your business you need to plan ahead so you know when are your webinars scheduled when are your workshops scheduled when are your i don't know what what are some other what are some other things that you've got in your is, business there's,
1: there's, there's probably a couple other things during the year as well that people can work around you know, do you you know generally bring in a whole bunch of new business at the end of the financial year is there a black Friday sale that you do a Halloween sale an Easter sale a Christmas sale you know what's the lead time into those events that you need to a, do your planning, B, create your collateral and content, and then when does it need to launch? You know, there's, no point having, there's no point launching your Christmas sale on the 24th of December.
0: That's right. So it's I sure would that. suggest planning ahead. I sit down, I get a, um, there's a big office planner that you can get here in Australia, Office Works. I'm sure Office Depot in in the States has them where it's a month per page. Mm. and it's it's got all of the dates. And I go through the whole year and put all of those things in. You know, when I used to have a, a dance shop, it used to be what we call back to ballet season, which was February when all the kids are going back to school. That was our biggest month. Well, all of the planning for that, you're working backwards. So exactly what you said, if you've got everything in, then you work backwards. For your big sales, you're probably working back five, even six months if you're starting to think about getting stock in and starting to think about what stock you're getting so that you can start planning your marketing.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's worth, I'm, I'm curious, because obviously, you know, other people are running events at, at various times a year as well and, and you've got your own commitments. Do you think it's worth giving some thought of consideration to those other things around you, your annual calendar?
0: I personally do. Anything that's interest like anything <laughs> that I'm involved with, I actually put in the calendar as well to make sure they don't overlap. I think if there's huge industry events, I would not try and run at the same time. But topping and tailing on either side might be good or you might want to go at a completely different time. I wouldn't totally get caught up in planning my whole year around other people, but I always think it's good to be able to see what's going on and see the year from a bird's eye perspective.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I've started to notice notice over the last couple of years that one of the sort of indicators of success I see in business is those people who are doing a lot more planning in advance and whether it's a, a full year in advance that you're doing, you know, in the last few months of the year and saying, my 2020 looks like this, et cetera. But the, the, the further advance you look and plan, the more likely you are to achieve, achieve success.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, and yet so, so many people I know get to Monday and go, what does my week look like?
0: Absolutely. So we plan our business somewhere between August and September. We plan out our next year. And then we also pencil in the next year. So we penciled out probably September last year, 2018, 2020, because I want to make sure that our what we're doing in 2019 flows into 2020. But then around August, September, we'll start to reflect, well, does that 2020 still need to look like that? or are we changing it up? So yeah, we actually plan a lot in advance.
1: Yeah, and testament to your success. Now, okay, so setting outcomes is the first one. What's the, what's the Absolutely. second? Absolutely.
0: The second is understanding that when we've got content going out, and you know, we've already mentioned all the different ways that we can be sharing that content, that there's two different types of content that needs to go out. The first one is brand recognition, and the second is your sales content. And I think that a lot of people, oh, I see a lot of confusion in two areas. One is just putting out only sales content and having people like just, oh, I can't stand it anymore. I don't want to see that. And having people shy away from it. And the second one is almost the opposite, being too scared to ask for the sale and just putting out lots of interesting content. And I think the best way to look at this is go to platforms that are already using this and take their lead. So let me explain what I mean. If you go to your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed and start to scroll through, you'll see there's four posts and a sponsored post four posts and a sponsored post Instagram and Facebook are both displaying their newsfeed in that way so I think that's a really great way for us to be publishing our content four types of engagement posts one, this is about what I've got to offer, this is what you can buy from me, just as a general guideline because it's they've got all the big algorithms they know that that works
1: yeah. it's an interesting thing I think an easy mistake for people to make is, is not looking at that, that algorithm, I recall talking to a, a business coach years ago who had some incredible content he developed, his, you know, at, at really sort of PhD level um, business wow. coaching system. And he'd been advertising in the Byron Bay Advertiser on a weekly basis, you know, publishing his articles, publishing his articles. And after 12 months, he's gone, this is not working. I'm going to, you know, leave Byron, was moving to Canberra at that stage and and said, look, I want to I do the same thing. I want to be able to publish my content. Maybe I'll have more luck in this market.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So, you know, literally not just trying different strategy, moving to a whole new market to try oh wow you know send me some of your stuff and the content was amazing and i said but i think you're missing one thing and that's that call to action you're not actually asking people to do anything as a result and ironically he had been asked by a colleague in byron bay at the time and said oh you know you've stopped doing it why it was really awesome stuff
0: yeah (laughs) yeah because he could get his content for free (laughs) which is great and i think there's a fine line between adding value and getting people to take the next step with you. And I think that this is what everyone needs to remember is that if we're not helping people go to the next step, we're not adding enough value. We need to add enough value to help people see the gap where we can help them and then offer them the next step.
1: Yeah. I always found it valuable for, for me when I've looked at this this particular area is to consider two rules. And the first first rule is that there is there are done for you people and there are DIY people. Mm-hmm. Okay. The DIY The done for you people, you could tell them everything in the world, they'll never go and do it themselves. Yes. The DIY people will always try and do it themselves. Yes. Right? And when they find out it's really hard, they might come back to you because you're the expert in the field. Right? Yes. But don't expect DIY people to ever be your client.
0: Okay. So Interesting. You
1: can, so you can give away all the information in the world and they'll never be your client. And it doesn't hurt you to help them. They're never going to buy from you. So decide yes. that we need to be secretive about what it is we know. They're never going to buy from you in the first place, but they might once they discover how hard it is to do what you can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you might be able to help them to a point where they're able to bring enough money into their business so that they can then come and work with you. They might be great collaboration partners. There's lots of lots of different ways that you can look at that
1: yeah absolutely and again you know if you if you're giving away if you're giving away content it doesn't this is i now remember okay it's tell people what to do not how to do it correct right so you could say you know do step one step two step three like for us it would be easy to say you know get really clear on your message put it out into the into the right channels automate and leverage your process right so you can have more conversations with more people with less effort from you systemize your onboarding process create leverage programs spend your money you know Drinking cocktails in Fiji, yes, you know, or the Caribbean, wherever you are. That's your process. Okay, do that, and you'll you'll be set for the rest of your life. Right?
0: Well, that is true. You're not lying. That is the process.
1: <laughs> I tell you how to do that. Yes. All right? So again, in your content, think what, and not how, and don't, and and just be aware that there's two different types of people, and that DIYs. It doesn't matter. Right? it's okay to tell them what to do. we were probably not your client in the first place.
0: Cool. So we've got first one. Set your outcomes. It's all about planning ahead, knowing what's coming up so that you can plan accordingly. The second key is that you need to know your audience. And this is just so, so, so important. And I find that when a lot of clients come to me, one of the biggest problems is that they maybe have two different avatars and they're trying to share their message talking to both of those avatars at the same time instead of Monday talking to George avatar and Tuesday talking to Heidi avatar and making that very, very clear. So what ends up happening is by blending or not knowing exactly who they're speaking to, not knowing exactly what their problems are, they end up speaking to nobody. And I think this is a theme that keeps coming up just about every episode here, Tim.
1: I'm so glad (laughs) you raised it again in this context because it's so true. If we can't articulate our our client's problem better than they can, they'll never buy from us. And if we try and talk to everybody at once, we talk to nobody at all.
0: I know that I've touched on it very lightly, but the number one key is you need to know what their problems are. Because this is going to shine a spotlight on exactly what you need to share. That's going to make them, you know, lean in and listen. Like, oh, Tim's talking about. You know, leaky sales funnels. Oh, I've got one of those. I'm going to lean in and listen to what Tim's got to say. So it's being very, very aware of what those those problem points are or these pain points.
1: One of the things that the tools that I use is a, is a before and after grid, where I talk about what does a person have before, what do they feel before, what's their average day like, and then you know, what's it like afterwards. If we can articulate that transition through our content, we're going to have a content strategy that works. A lot better. Hard okay. to articulate that. We don't know who we're talking to. And again, as you say, we're going to talk to Heidi one day, and you know George the next. Yes. That's okay. It's okay to do that. And everyone has, you know, most people have more than one avatar.
0: Yes. It's just not confusing them. Cool. So the second one is where once you know who you're speaking to and what their problems are, it's about where do they consume their content? So where are they find, trying to find the answers for what you're talking about? Are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Are they hanging out on Instagram? Are they on Pinterest? Or are they only on Facebook? Or do they only read an email once a week? you need to know where they're hanging out so that the message is getting to those people.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I still, you know, one of one of my first clients was a, a wedding celebrant. And okay. Spent a significant amount of time and resources promoting himself on LinkedIn and making connections in the theory that, you know, the 40 to 55-year-olds that he wanted to talk to were a significant part of the LinkedIn audience.
0: Okay. and when Tell me, Tim, when he worked with you, where did he end up finding his clients? He
1: ended up on Facebook, straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where people are actually sharing their wedding photos and sharing yes. their excitement about being engaged and, and that sort of thing. You know, it's, you've got to be in the right place. Yes. Right? You've got to have the right conversation at the right time with the right people in the right place. Totally. And then you'll get cut through. And that's, that's a critical part of you. Know, I think it's a critical part of your strategy.
0: Absolutely. So once we know where they consume their content. Third, we need to see, like, what do they want to see? We were talking before about educating and entertaining. We also want to make sure that we engage because social media is all about being social. And even with an email, you want to try and elicit a conversation. You don't just want an email going to someone's inbox that they don't read. I know you're laughing because you had one today, didn't you, Tim? (laughs) But we are trying to engage.
1: Would you like to connect, you know? Are you open to a strategic partnership, a conversation? about that. Uh, tell me a bit about your business. Yes, I am. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I might need to know a little bit more to help you out. <laughs> oh, that
1: was that sad. Was, uh,
0: yeah. Oh, dear. But but we are trying to get some engagement. We're trying to, to open conversations, whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, on a podcast like this or email on our YouTube videos. We're really trying to engage with our target market. We're trying to educate them on how we can help them overcome their problems. And we're trying to entertain them so that they want to consume our content.
1: Very quickly, recap. Hang
0: on a minute. Once you know all of that, you need to create your content calendar. Create
1: your content calendar. Oh my God. The next one. Well, you've
0: got, you you had your calendar right at the beginning that you put all of your important dates. You know who your avatar is. You know where they're hanging out. Now it's about filling in that content calendar so that you know what's going out in advance. So it's all scheduled and all prepared. So you're not throwing spaghetti at the wall and expecting it to stick. You've made it sound so much harder than it needs to be, Tim. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's recap then. Right, firstly, it's what's your purpose? Like, why are you doing this?
0: Yeah, setting your outcomes.
1: Okay, planning ahead, right, and and looking at your content color that you're going to fill in with your content. Um, we're also looking at what the mix of content is and getting the balance between value add and and you know establishing a relationship with your customer or potential customer and asking them to take action. Mm-hmm. And they're really understanding who they are, where they hang out, and how they want to consume your content. And what do they want to learn about? What's the Mm -hmm. trick you want to create for them?
0: Absolutely. And then, second, is about knowing your audience. Knowing what their problems are, where do they consume their content, and what do they want to see? And third is about creating that content calendar and having everything in advance scheduled into the calendar, so that it has prior preparation.
1: It's that five P's, isn't it? I was trying to
0: think of that. I I got caught out there because I was trying to think of that fancy. What is it?
1: Prior preparation prevents uh, piss poor performance.
0: (laughs) There we go. (laughs)
1: Even prior preparation and planning prevents piss poor performance.
0: go. So next time I need to plan by writing down the quotes that I'm going to pull out at the last minute. (laughs) You know, you can have that on paper. I set mine up in a Google sheet and each tab is the different, you know, I've got a Facebook tab and and my podcast tab and my LinkedIn tab and all of the different tabs and everything is all pre-populated for the month and schedule so everything is written. There's Google Doc links for the emails so that my team can just go into the Google Sheet, grab what they need to grab and schedule it in the right place to make sure it's all going out at the right
1: time. It, comes, it becomes a lot more systematic and, and you know predictable when you do that and and much more easy to communicate to people um, in your team who'd be doing this work for you. Yes. If, if the ultimate goal, as, we, as we've talked so often about it, is to create more freedom for you. Yes. You, know, you can't be the one doing everything.
0: Absolutely. So what's your parting thoughts, Tim?
1: Yeah, I, I think from, from all of us, there's obviously lots of stuff that, that, that cover there, but I, I think my parting thought is to take action on it. Yeah, and
0: absolutely. And if you're
1: not doing the thing, you can have the best strategy in the world, but strategy without execution is, is meaningless.
0: Absolutely. And so absolutely.
1: My, my thought is always, you know, once you've got this content calendar down and you know what people want to hear and when they want to hear it and what channels... Uh, and you've sort of integrated that with the rest of your strategy in terms of um, I've got this event on and I know I need to kind of, you know, talk start talking about stuff that I'm going to resolve in that event, you've got to take action.
0: Absolutely. It's about stopping and sharpening the saw. So if you're ready to do that, I've put together a download, just a little uh, a map of how to go through that so that you can create your content calendar and have everything scheduled in. I'll share the tools that I use in that. And You're
1: going you- to find that's Resource, you
0: can go to Samantha Riley dot global forward slash forward slash content. <laughs> I haven't been drinking, I promise. Forward slash content. <laughs> Grab that little resource to help you put your content strategy together.
1: All right. And of course, next week, we've got a really cool episode. We're going to talk a little bit more, going to drill down into that content a bit more because obviously a lot of our content is how we what content we create. So we're going to talk about seven copywriting mistakes that are putting your readers to sleep.
0: And we don't want our readers to go to sleep, so I think this is a great topic. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Really looking forward to that. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you've got value from today's episode and you know there's other people that would like to hear this, then please share it on your favourite social platform. If you have a question, as always, hashtag AskSamAndTim, let us know and we will cover that topic or that question off in another episode. Tim, it's been a great pleasure hanging out with you here today. Always, Awesome. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Bye for now. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to podcast click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.